You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. We are pleased to present to you two fantastic creators doing some amazing work in their respective fields. This is a two-part segment, so we're very excited to have two interviews that you can listen to on this episode. First up is actor Dennis Haysbert, and in our second segment is author Neek Stone. Dennis Haysbert captured the attention of audiences and critics alike with his groundbreaking role as President David Palmer on the Fox hit TV series 24, for which he received his first Golden Globe nomination and two Screen Actor Guild nominations. He starred in the CBS series The Unit, which continues to be an iconic and culturally relevant TV show. However, you can catch Dennis right now on Disney+. Plus. He's starring in the new film called No Exit, which he is going to be talking to us about in this first segment of the podcast. In our second segment, we welcome back Neek Stone, who is no stranger to speaking with Black Girl Nerds. This time, she's talking about her latest project. Actually, she's got two. A new original docu-podcast called The History of Marvel Comics Black Panther, which has already made its premiere, so it's available wherever you stream your podcasts. And she's also the author of Shuri, a Black Panther novel about the upcoming series. On the history of Marvel Comics Black Panther, Neek brings writers, artists, and historians together to share stories that only Marvel can tell. The show features exclusive interviews with notable talent, including Brian Stelfreeze, Christopher Priest, Don McGregor, Joe Caseta, John Ridley, John Romita Jr., Reginald Hudlin, Ta-Nehisi Coates, and more. So, sit back. Relax and enjoy this episode, this two-part episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Um, so Dennis, I gotta ask you, because you've been a big proponent of safe driving and everything, but checking this movie out right now with no exit. <laughs> Look, can't listen. Are we can, should we just drive slowly? Like, I don't know if we should go to the visitor's center. Oh no, no, no. You gotta go to the visitor center. If you don't go to the visitor center, there's no movie. <laughs> but yeah this is so this is so cool such an interesting thriller such a just a spin on it um what did you what drew you to the character of ed like what do you think his best qualities are um i don't know if i can tell you all his best qualities without revealing things in the film mm. uh, what brought me to the film was uh that i've never done anything like a a, a mystery thriller before and um I liked it. I liked the kind of claustrophobic uh, feel of it. Yeah. And, and the reveal of the different characters and what they, you know, and what they were about. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely does have that claustrophobic reveal to it. Um, 
with with so many so many uh twists and turns but just uh, um thinking about some of your your other roles that you've done like you know like the unit where you kind of get to deal with um you know service service to your country and what that means and the toll it can take on the people around you um how important is that message is uh, that message for you and getting that across and, and viewers being able to see that from a different angle um very important um and uh and it adds to uh, the strength and the and the beauty of the project. Um, now you're talking about the, the unit uh, right now. Um, the unit was a very special, uh, very special show. Um, and for the fact that every military person I've ever come across loved it, to a man or a woman. Anybody who served loved it and actually was um, was thankful that someone would come out and tell that particular story. Um, even with as little of what they actually do mm. incorporated in the show, we showed enough that they understood that we were uh, we were doing something special, and um, they really appreciated that. Yeah, and I like and I like that kind of tie in of you staying sort of in those roles, you know, coming into to Ed a little bit, um, um, and you know, without giving too much away. What um, I'm I'm wondering, I'm curious, what is it that you are hoping uh, they take away as far as just the um, you, if you think about like financially and just a personal sacrifice, I'm trying not to go dig too much into what Ed is about here, but just what that what that world represents. And this thriller gives you a whole new perspective that you don't even think about when it right. comes to that that world. Well, I, I can answer it this way. Every person who served, you know, whether they served in Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Korea, um, in the European theater in World War II, everybody has a unique story. You know, no two stories are the same. Uh, so in playing uh, different uh, characters that happen to be in the military, um, it's always going to be different. There's no, there's no pat or central theme that I'm going to use. I'm going to take that man and I'm going to make him an individual. And his experience is different than anybody else's experience, especially the ones that I've played before. So that it's going to be there's going to be new. What um I want to talk to you. What was what were some of the challenges in in like shooting? I guess location wise, are you able to reveal any of that? Was it was it uh did you were you guys got to be in, inside of a closed studio? Because you're talking about the environment. You're talking about a lot of the crazy weather. It's very timely. This this thriller when it comes out. Mm -hmm. Well, we shot it on uh, in an enclosed place. As you think of uh, shooting a movie in a snow globe, where you can only go so far. Right. And the only place you can go back to is the visitor center. Okay, so that's that was our world for the, you know for that little time that they were at that visitor center, and a lot happens in those you know those few hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know I, I I would describe it as uh, you know going down a tunnel, and you see a little pin light at the end of it, and you can't go backwards. Right. The only way you can go is through. 
So the only way out is through. So you got to go to that little pin light until it becomes a big, wide open door or portal to walk through it. Yeah, I, listen, I'm going to tell people right now, when they check this out, you're going to want some portals to open up and, and save some of these people <laughs> within within what's going on within this world. Uh, it's so cool. Have Definitely have you on the edge of the seat, on the edge of your seat. Um, as I kind of wrap here, I want to talk about like, you know, there's all different kind of things going on. Say you're trapped by a storm. You know, we got COVID. Sometimes you're just not able to leave the house and you're trapped in an infine area. What I thought um, was interesting here, um, and I, I not to give too much away because I thought this was one of the coolest scenes, but do you have a favorite card game, a favorite game you play when you're like trapped in with your family or whatever your friends that you can't watch that you you know it's like your go-to you know what uh there's a number of games i play but i tell you there's nothing like the game we played in the film mm-hmm. yeah that and, was cool uh, and, and i can't i don't know if i can say it on this uh, screen but it was called it's called bs and if you look it up it's a very interesting game yeah because it teaches you a lot about the people you're playing with yeah, it's so cool. In a lot of ways, that that sets up the entire movie. Yeah, it, it's such a it's such a cool game. You guys got to check this out. No exit, Dennis. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Right. Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And if you think back to February 2018, there was one event that had the movie theater selling like a red carpet. It was Black Panther. You cannot um, end out Black Panther or Black History Month without Black Panther. And I have the all-time expert with me right now, New York Times bestselling author Nick Stone is with me because she is hosting a new new podcast called The History of Marvel Comics. Black Panther, by the time you check out this episode of this podcast, it'll be about two or three episodes out. How you doing, Nick? Yo, I'm excellent. How are you? Doing good. I'm glad you can join me. It's crazy. We got to do all this through technology. We're going to make it work and, uh, and you know, yeah. try to get all the details we can get out of you. Starting with, you got to talk to uh, Don uh, McGregor. You even got to give him a nickname, which I'm not going to say because that's that's your world. That's your your um, uh, your sister there. But I want to ask you, did you figure out how we get into Wakanda? Like, did you figure out the Wakandan aircraft that we need to take? You know what? I have not yet. And I'm still mad about it. I've even tried to, like, invent one. And it, it's just it's not working. I can't find it. <laughs> Look, well, we'll let you keep working on that because you're breaking down the history for us. So eventually I feel like it's going to come to you. So tell us about... Um, uh, we know um, your Hughes uh, Shuri stand here, but I want to ask you why Black Panther? Like, what was it about it that stuck out to you where you're like, I got to go down this road. I got to go on this ride about the history of it. I mean, three words, Black superhero. Um, and coming to realize that this is a Black superhero that was introduced to the world in 1966. Like, this is like the thick of the civil rights movement. It's a lot going on. Black Panther Party is being born literally around the same time. Mm-hmm. I needed to know where this character came from, what the minds were like that the character came out of, and who was making him, like who was writing him, because it wasn't Black people back then. So getting to dig in to all of this history and lore was so much fun. And I think that when people listen, they're going to discover a lot that they didn't know. Yeah, and I like the line that you use, like a couple of white guys talk about Stanley Jack Kirby coming up with this African prince. What were some of the yes. things like when you were first thinking about the intro, what were some things that shocked you where you were like, no, nah, this this can't be true. Like, I got to reread that. 
I was actually surprised to hear that Black Panther wasn't linked to the Black Panther Party. Because if you think about it, like they came out around the same time. They're both huge. The Black Panther Party was and is still a huge deal. Like it's an organization that a lot of people know about. Right. Reputation, we ain't gonna get into, but <laughs> it was a big deal. So to think that this this comic character comes out and there's no correlation, that actually really surprised me. Um, I was also surprised to learn that nobody knew Black Panther was black for a while. Mm, that was yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting one. I was like, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> guess we got a white dude running around in a black Panther. Okay, whatever well, works. Yeah, right, exactly. But some other things, too, that I thought was cool, we won't give them too much because you guys got to check out these episodes. So good. And there's so many little details um, you wouldn't think about. Like the cold tiger was how it was supposed to start. And I was just oh like, what? <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, can you imagine that in the theater? It's like, we went to go see Black Panther. That's crazy. The cold tiger. Like, I, I don't even, like, what do you even do with that? What do you do with that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just insane. Like, the, and just thinking about like you know white people trying to make this character essentially, and what they think black culture is like, what they think is going on in Africa. You know, not having done that research, not having found uh, certain creators and everything to kind of to kind of bring that out. And I love how you talk about the intro into Fantastic Four, and you got you kind of yeah. looking at them a little sideways, like, okay, okay, Ben Graham, what's going on with the with the with the how you were looking oh, at Black man. Panther. Right. You know what? I won't lie, though. I actually did appreciate the fact that it was accurate to the time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, As a person who does research race and racism over the course of history, it's actually not a bad thing to be able to see how people viewed other people in a specific window of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't too mad about that. I, this is another reason, though, that I appreciate Don McGregor, because he did do research. You know, he dug in. He put Black Panther in all kinds of situations that I know Marvel was like, uh, you want to do what now? Like, he's got him <laughs> fighting the clan. He's got them go. He's got him going into this fictional country dealing with apartheid. Like, like, Papa Don don't play. I love yeah. that man. I yeah, that, I like. I can't wait for them to hear that episode. Um, I think it's like around episode two or so when you get to talk to him. It is so cool to just have him. Yeah, just to have him break it down is so cool. Yes, I completely agree. That was fun. That was my favorite interview. Don't tell anybody else, even though everybody's got to hear this. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I should mention you guys, Sirius XM Marvel Podcast. You guys go check it out. It's going to be six episodes. A documentary podcast. Nick, how was that to, to record all that? Because, you know, we, we know you take it over in the writing world. But this is, you know, it's different. You pick up the mic more. I liked it. It was it was a nice departure from what I'm usually doing. And also, I love talking to people. I love getting to interview people. And so getting to interview these these heroes of mine, like these are people who I look who I look up to as a comic book reader. Like I haven't tried to write a comic book yet. We'll see if I decide to do that. It's hard. I don't know. But getting to talk to them was amazing. Like getting to talk to Reginald Hudlin um, was amazing. Getting to talk to Tanahasi Coates, getting to talk to Christopher Priest, getting like these are the three black men who have written long Black Panther runs. Um, Evan Narciss wrote a uh, he like redid an origin story. Like there's so many people who got to contribute to the story of this character, and figuring out and seeing and learning how there was so much respect for the the creation that was before, right? So like the creator that came before you, you took what he did and they just added to it and added Mm -hmm. to it. And that's how we got what we got today. It's awesome. 
do you think I'm curious to know because we touched on a little bit in the beginning um do you think it would have changed I guess those those um very talented gentlemen writing the Black Panther character if it would have been revealed earlier that he was Black do you think that played a big part in how them getting to tell the story yeah I mean that he was he was revealed to be Black before even he had his first solo run so like he was revealed to be Black when he was an Avenger and I do think I'm not mad at it. Like looking back again, like I was saying, like looking back at the time period, uh-huh. it makes sense. I don't think anybody was expecting him to be black because there were no black superheroes at that point. So it worked out. But <laughs> yeah, for a second, I was like, what you mean? Nobody knew he was black. And he revealed himself to be black. He called himself a soul brother. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love when you do that little reveal there. I was like, that that is just like it's adding on to the layers of why we love this character. Um, so I gotta ask you real quick, because I know you're busy. I gotta make sure I get this question in. Um, yeah. what do you think for the um Black Panther coming out, the the sequel, Wakanda Forever? Who do you think should be in the lead of it? Because there's been so much going on. This is one of my favorite topics to ask Black Panther fans because it goes from I, I know Letitia Wright was saying, No, I don't know if I want to, I don't think I want to do this. Um, we, Winston Duke has been thrown in. What what are your uh, thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you know, if they follow comic lore, Letitia Wright would, like Shuri would be the next Black Panther. Um, right. So we'll see what happens. I'm actually kind of excited to see what they do just in the world of Wakanda, because mm, as we started yeah. out saying, I really want to go there. And so it's going to be nice learning a little bit more about how, how things work in Wakanda and getting to dig into the other characters a little bit more. And I'm really hoping Killmonger comes back because I was not happy with how that went. That's for a whole nother conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got to bring you back for that one. Cause I was like, I was surprised a lot of people say that, but we got to bring you back for that. Cause I've heard, I've heard that one too. Like people were like, well, what about Michael B. Jordan? Like, I don't like the way the character was done and all that but yeah maybe this opens up the world of Wakanda for us more in this in this uh second issue but oh my gosh you're gonna miss Chadwick Boseman so much R.P. Chadwick Boseman that's that was a hard one that was a hard one yes it sure was well thank you Nick I appreciate it so much thank you and thank you for having me oh do you want I know you I know you're busy on so many can you tease anything coming up for us because we know you always got something going you never sitting down and resting so we know you got something going look I need to sit down and rest that's what I need to get going. We're going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we don't want you to because it's so much fun. And I, I want you to come back and tell us all about Killmonger and your thoughts on that because I got to hear that. I feel like it's going to be a good conversation. Yes. Oh, let's please. <laughs> Thanks again, Nick. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. Thank you. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.